are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 28th. Friday morning edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, also a writer at the Associated Press, and of course, your host here on Lockdown Blazers. And it is a Friday and is the morning after the Blazers game last night in Golden State, the final game that the Portland Trailblazers, unless there is a playoff series, likely the final game in Oakland, uh, at least the final regular season game, and the final time probably for Damian Lillard to play in his hometown before the Golden State Warriors move to San Francisco. And Damian Lillard, I mean, it had to be this way, given... Everything we've known about Dame hitting the game-winning three-pointer last night to give the Blazers a 110-109 victory on the road against the Golden State Warriors in what was really a a great back-and-forth game throughout. Uh, The first quarter was tight. It was really just a back-and-forth affair throughout Portland's bench for the most part showing up uh, and and in different ways. You know, Seth Curry once again bringing the offense for the Blazers in that second unit. I thought Evan Turner really worked his butt off defensively for the Blazers. And then uh, the the two guys, Al Farouk Aminu and, and Maurice Harkless on the wing were really active. And then and Aminu was getting so many rebounds. He had three assists as well, including the big assist to Damian Lillard on that game-winning three when there was a scramble. Dame found an opening, and Al Farouk found him. And, and, and then Yusuf Nurkic with 27 and 12 rebounds dominating in the middle. And at least, you know, given the, the Golden State that we've seen over the past few years, very rare has it been that a, a big man is able to stay on the court and assert himself, and he did that last night and was effective, making them pay for for switching and making them pay for how you know they like to play. They like to be versatile. They like to be switchable. They like all this stuff. With, you know, a bunch of guys that are about the same height and same size and same quickness. And and while that does work on a lot of teams. Uh, very rare do we see teams going at that with size and trying to go combat it with size instead of trying to do what they do. I think last year we saw Houston have a lot of success and almost beat the Warriors kind of emulating their style by doing having a five-out unit, but... Portland didn't do that, and Nurkic was, was phenomenal in the middle, and... and Lillard definitely gave him a lot of credit. Those guys are really close, and Lillard has done a really good job of keeping him close, but it was Lillard making the big shot on a night when he didn't have a very good offensive night from the field. Uh, C.J. McCollum, also not the greatest shooting night ever, but down the stretch of the game, in overtime, those two guys were really active, really 
competitive and really rose to the occasion. I thought when things got close, CJ McCollum two for three in the overtime. He had five of Portland's eight points. And then of course the other three coming from Lillard's important, important three pointer and just, uh, you know, an, an incredible moment for him being a hometown guy. Uh, I, you know, I, I know we talk about this a lot, but, uh, it, it is it is really it means something to him it, it it is really special to him in his heart I mean I remember watching his first game in Oakland and how excited he was and how I mean I think he had like 39 points or something like that and and he wanted to make a statement in Oakland and it really mattered to him to do that and that was almost it was a 2012 so 26 years ago. Or something like that, uh, when he made that happen in Oakland, and and tonight he finally gets, uh, you know, it's not that he hasn't won here. He won here back in 2013 with the uh, Mo Williams team when they had that fight, which was classic, classic, epic fight uh, where everyone, where people got kicked out. I think Earl Watson had to play in that game, and Andrew Bogut. Uh, got in a fight with Mo Williams, and Mo Williams is like half his size. That was the last time the Blazers won here, but Dame, uh, over the years, he's had chances to make those big shots in Oakland before in close games, and they just haven't gone down for him. And uh, Lillard got his chance in a big game in and after he drew the ire of some Golden State Warriors fans for just saying, you know, what was on his mind. Uh, so Lillard making a statement at home, doing it after catching a lot of flack. I think he, he, he pissed off a lot of Golden State fans the other day when he talked about how uh, Oakland is losing the Warriors and people that he grew up with and himself when he was growing up in Oakland, you know, were supporting the Warriors when nobody was there. And also the tickets were a lot cheaper. And even in the, that we believe era, it wasn't quite like it is now. And, uh, you know, Lillard, Lillard was, he's bummed about it. And he had a quote that, you know, this was his quote, uh, from Mark Medina of the, uh, San Jose, uh, the Bay area news group, excuse me. They're upset about it, talking about Oakland residents, Lillard. It's one of those things where success comes and you're going to up and move, Lillard said. A lot of the real Warriors fans, a lot of times they can't go to the games. They can't afford it. At that time, we were able to go to the games. Nowadays, a really good ticket is way more expensive to do everything. Dude, and the people who are real Warriors fans aren't able to get into the game. And that, uh, you know, that real Warriors fans thing, uh, irks some people. I think more what Dame is talking about is the economics of the situation that people who love the Warriors live in Oakland. There's a lot of those people that no longer go to games. And, and that is basically the point that Dame is making. And, uh, he grew up there. He knows it better than me. He knows it better than most people because those he, he's close with people in Oakland, in his neighborhood, and uh, I think I'm going to defer to him on things of that nature, but that quote, the real Warriors fans especially, got people going, got people angry with him, and uh, Warriors Twitter was very upset with Damian Lillard the other night, and it was, uh, or the other day, pretty much all day, Dame was getting crap, and even though he had the bad game, uh, 
you know, I, there's nothing that Lillard loves more than having that chip on his shoulder. I mean, I, I, he might not say that, uh, cause especially because at this point in his career, you know, there's not, you know, he's an all star at first team All NBA. There's not as many chips that you can find, but here he found one, and he, he, he you know, he made a statement last night. I thought, and that was. Uh, that was one of the coolest Blazers wins. I mean, I, it was easily the coolest one all year. I talked about it on the last podcast, how this Blazers team this season really didn't have a signature road win yet, and now they have one with the win at Golden State. Uh, so major props to them. Lillard getting a, a big shot, and, and you know, while Portland's pretty much going to be where they are in the standings, I think, as far as being in that mid seed, maybe getting a chance to have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, he, they got a huge win that they needed to kind of stay in that mix. And the, the win also knocked golden state down from being number one in the West, but, and, and golden state struggling that, that, that is, that is okay. And, and may, they're a little tired. I mean, this is their fourth year now, or they've been to the finals four years in a row. So this is their fifth year trying to get to the finals. That just doesn't happen in NBA history, unless you're LeBron James. And so, uh, there, there's a lot going against the warriors right now, but they're still the warriors are still the champs. They're still great. And, and maybe a lot of their guys didn't play, you know, up to their, up to par last night, you know, Clay Thompson, six of 19. He didn't have the game that he had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I thought Draymond Green actually played pretty well in this one. Andre Iguodala, who was big for the Warriors on Christmas, uh, even though they lost that game, kind of reverted back to his old self with seven points coming off the bench in 27 minutes. But uh, Portland, top to bottom, I thought got a lot of really good performances and they were able to survive some, some tough performances from, from other guys like Zach Collins was over six, but he was productive out there. I think Myers Leonard, another guy that I don't think I don't, he's a guy that I don't think we would have said this about a couple of years ago, doesn't make a shot, but made a positive impact on the game. And uh, I, I think that Myers definitely deserves a little bit of credit for being in this rotation, being a key piece, and uh, making sure that he contributes to the team when he doesn't make shots. Because far too often in his career, uh, his po- making a positive impact on the game came down to whether his shots went in or not. And as great of a shooter as he is, you have to do more than that in the NBA to stick and to be a rotation player. And I think to Myers' credit, he's done that. He had two assists last night, four rebounds, despite scoring zero points. And Stauskas also had six points off the bench. But uh, Seth Curry continuing to maybe round into form. He shot the three extremely well last night. He was one for two on his two-point attempts, which have been a struggle for him this season, and he did all of that. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back with more Lockdown Blazers after their thrilling win last night in Oakland over the Golden State Warriors. And we're back here on Locked on Blazers for another segment of our show today. And uh Obviously, last night 
it was all about Damian Lillard uh, in the headlines. It was it was Lillard time, and and it and it should have been. It was his last game at home in Oakland potentially, unless the Blazers face the Warriors in the playoffs, which could actually happen. Um, obviously, you don't want that to happen in the first round, but. Uh, Damian Lillard obviously getting the headlines last night and really showing out in his hometown, making that huge shot. I mean, I, you know, you can't st- stress it enough. I mean, I know it's just one game, but uh, sometimes one game is more than that, especially in the NBA. And and I know that uh, players have to stay attached to the process and they have to stay attached to the next game. But I think it is, you know. You got to point out that was that was more than just a regular game for Portland, and uh, you have to. I, I'm giving them. I'm giving Dame a lot of props for that. But there was another big milestone last night for the Portland Trailblazers, and that went to head coach Terry Stotts, who got here when Damian Lillard got here, and Stotts has now reached second in Blazers franchise history for wins. Among coaches, he had two. He has he got his 292nd win last night, passing Rick Adelman, the legendary Blazers coach from those glory teams in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, passing him for second all time on the Blazers franchise list. And now Terry Stotts is second on in franchise wins, only to Dr. Jack Ramsey, of course, the the head coach for the Blazers for a really long time, and. Uh, a guy who brought home the only title to Portland in 1977. And Terry Stotts obviously has looked up to Ramsey, has had Ramsey's photo in his, around his office and has always looked up to him. And I thought it was really cool last night in the post game, they were showing it on NBC sports Northwest after the game. Uh, They were talking to Terry Stotts about how he felt about the history that he made and he talked about how it was an honor for him to to be able to get this many wins and also he talked about how as an offensive you know Terry Stotts is these days is revered as one of the best offensive minds in the game coaches talk about all the stuff that he does the wrinkles he puts in the the actions that he puts in to make things hard and even though Portland's uh, ball movement and stuff like that hasn't been the same with you know in as it was in years past recently the Blazers are still a tough team to guard against because mostly you know they're encouraged to to play with each other play for each other move a lot and play with uh, you know some good motion and all that but anyway Stotts said you know he's stolen a lot of stuff from Rick Adelman who Adelman in the 90s and early 2000s was really you know he was an offensive genius I mean when you talk to Stotts about some of his favorite teams, you know, the the Sacramento Kings of 2002, you know, that team comes up. Uh, you, you 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 talk about these teams and and this is stuff that I've talked to Stotts about before before long before this and stuff that he said to the media long before this. But last night him talking about how great it is that he was able to pass Rick Adelman, a guy that he's really studied, really stolen some concepts from him to make his playbook and uh, also saying that Rick Adelman deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And Adelman uh, is an Oregonian as well. So obviously, you know, shout out to him for, uh, you know, being being around here, being from here. And 
I, I think it would be great to see Rick Adelman get in the Hall of Fame uh, and, and get some recognition for those late 90s Blazers teams and also the Houston Rockets teams that he had that came so close with Yao Ming uh, to, to making the finals. If Yao doesn't go down, maybe his his Rockets team makes the uh, finals with with Ron Artest that year. And even though T-Mac was out, I mean, that team was, was really good. And, and Adelman, I mean, I'll remember uh, earlier in that playoff series, Adelman's Houston Rockets knocked off a higher seeded Blazers team with Yao coming in there in 09 and uh he coached the hell out of that series and he's he's a great uh coach and and obviously last night was about Terry getting recognition and having a little champagne toast after the game and and celebrating but uh I I think it was cool and that just shows the basketball mind that Terry Stotts has that uh you know he really just appreciates the past and so um yeah, right now I'm, I'm also in a house with uh, a bunch of kids in uh, Central Oregon. So if you hear a noise, uh, that is probably what's going on. But anyway, um, I thought it was super cool of Terry Stotts to, even though the moment was about him and his accomplishment, to kind of flip it back and not only flip it back for a great coach in Blazers history, but I think a, an underrated coach in NBA history who has ha- who had a lot of great moments and and. I think still hasn't gotten the recognition I think that he deserves. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit of East coast bias. You know, he's not, he wasn't from those, you know, you know, coaching trees of, 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 you know, the legends over there on the East coast where everything is so hallowed. But I mean, he was a, you know, a real contributor to, to making the game what it is today. And obviously making Terry Stotts, the coach that he is today. So I thought it was cool. And thanks for letting me take this kind of historic, uh, look at the, the coach win situation from last night, because it was a historic night. And I thought it was cool that, uh, and, and, and Stotts is like this, you know, he, he, he really respects the history of the game. And I just thought it was cool that he really um, showed respect to that history, even as he rises in the, the history books himself. So uh, we're going to take one more break and we're going to talk about Portland's next game. You might know them pretty well. So uh, we'll be right back. And we're back here for our final segment of today's Locked on Blazers podcast. And we're looking ahead to... The next game, which is the exact same opponent as the Blazers faced last night in the Golden State Warriors with uh, everybody still seemingly healthy, although DeMarcus Cousins rumored to maybe be on his way back. He's been scrimmaging. I don't I don't think they're going to get him, but maybe that's something that happens between now and then uh, to may- maybe give them a little juice, but they'll, they'll probably be a lot more cautious with it given that he's coming back from an Achilles injury and uh, the fact that he's wanting to be healthy next year too. I think not just the Warriors are taking it easy, but I think he wants to take it easy because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and he probably really wants to get paid after he was definitely going to be in line for a a max contract last year he he lost that so uh he's definitely going to be trying to play his way back into form to kind of get that back so i don't think we're going to see him uh some news on the golden state front that one of their restricted free agents pat mccaw the the contract holdout since you know the beginning of free agency the third year wing signed an offer sheet today with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So 
the Warriors have some time to have two days to match that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think we're going to see him, but I think it's interesting because there's something ha- I think there's there. I think there's maybe it's the, the golden state warriors are just kind of in this funk that they're not going to get really amped up for games until uh, like, you know, the first round, maybe the second round. Like I, I wouldn't even be uh, entirely shocked if they just kind of, you know, maybe got like the third seed in the West this year because they're just, they're clearly a little out of it. Maybe Cousins coming back can give them that boost, but I don't think that that's going to happen before tomorrow. And uh, the McCaw news, while he's is interesting and relevant, um, I don't think he's going to be on the roster between now and Saturday, although I could be wrong. Uh, the Blazers came back, obviously, last night, so the, the Warriors are going to be coming in, visiting. There's not really going to be a rest advantage other than the fact that Portland is going to be uh, sleeping in their own beds, but they also had to travel to Utah for Christmas Day. So it, it's not as if uh, Portland is, is going to be entirely rested, but uh, you know that's the NBA schedule. That's the NBA in December, and this is going to be another marquee game, I think, for Portland. Uh, I, I think that last night obviously was the signature road win that they were really lacking right now on their, on their resume in terms of their team this year. Uh, you know, they, they have beaten great teams at home. They've beaten Boston at home. They've beaten Milwaukee at home. They've beaten, they've beaten the Lakers at home. They've been some good teams at home, but they really hadn't had that big road win. And now they got that. Obviously I think golden state is going to be wanting to come back with a little bit of a vengeance after the way they lost that game. I think also uh, the, the way that Portland kind of plays up against them uh, kind of gets those guys, uh, you know, I think they really wanted to turn it on last night and kind of, especially after that Lakers game where they got just blown out uh, to kind of keep the Blazers under their thumb, which is what they've done over the past few seasons. And uh, for Portland to get that road win, they've beaten the Warriors at home a bunch of times, but it was their first road win in Golden State since 2013. So uh, that was huge. Obviously, Golden State coming to Portland, is this is not as important for them as it is for the the Blazers. So uh, I, I think Portland will be coming out with a, with the right energy and they'll need to because they they can't just they can't take for granted the fact that they're going to be home. And I don't think they will. But this is kind of the up and down season that they've had. And, and, and this is, you know, while they haven't gone to the finals like the Warriors have, this is the same group, the same grind. And so, um, you know, that can also wear on a team as well. I don't think it will, given the, the, the energy that they got last night off of that victory. And uh, I think, you know, maybe we'll see Damon CJ play a little bit better. It was really good to see Nurkic play the way he did and and it'll be interesting to see if that'll continue if golden state's going to try and force them out of that more uh and try and play a little bit faster play a little bit smaller so uh i think those are some of the things to look out for in this game but uh obviously a lot of the main themes are going to remain the same because they just played last night so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of locked on blazers subscribe leave a review and we will be back with you later on in the week as the blazers try to string some wins together against the two-time defending champs on Saturday.